Hey, this is the Thrive Church Podcast. Our hope is this message will help you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us on a Sunday soon. Enjoy the message. Looking forward to today and what God has for us in the next couple minutes. Um, I think we'll be gracious with each other, but I also believe that God has something here for us to change us. I've been praying over this. Thank you for your prayers for today and believing with me that God has something for us collectively. Maybe there's something in it that you haven't heard before. Maybe you've seen these scriptures. Maybe you've looked at the Bible. Maybe you've seen some of the things that I'm going to talk about. But let's believe God together that he'll lighten something that, oh, God, I haven't seen it that way. I haven't seen this part. Show me your goodness so that I could be that channel for others. Amen? There's three people with me. I'm okay with that. I'll just preach to the one. That's fine. But I believe this is for everybody here today. Three, four people are smiling. That's awesome. Um, I believe that um, I, I really love what Pastor Josiah has had on his heart from God for us. Iceberg living. Do we have? There we go. Iceberg living. That there is more to what's going on than what you can see. There's more than what's what's on the surface is not everything that there is. Amen. So I believe we're going to talk today about what's on the surface for us, right? What's, what's on, not just what's on the surface, but what's underneath. And collectively, we could talk about, you know, lots of different ways why we do things. I, I, one of the things that brought me back to Jesus was a quote by Ravi Zacharias, and he's an, apolo- uh, an apologist. Whether, whether you know that or not, it's irrelevant. <laughs> but he said, he said, wonder, you could either be in two places. You could be in wonder about everything or be cynical right? And a wonder is a blessing from him that allows us to see his beauty in him and in his creation. So God has wonder planned for us. And one of the things I'd like to talk today about is wonder that he has for us as a church, right? What's the wonder that he has planned for us? And some of that might mean, you might wonder why I'm in church sometimes. You might wonder why we get together. Why do we do this what, I, I know that individually we could go around the room and you're not going to have to. And I'm going to ask you to pop quiz. Why do you come to church, Brian? Uh, I'm not going to do that, right? But I, I think it's important to, to understand what is it we're doing here? What does God have planned for us, right? Why church? Why would we get together for this? What's the gift that he has planned for us together, right? Because there's lots of different ways we could have. There's, there's wonder, what, why would we be here, right? There's statistical and there's benefits They've done, gone and done um, studies on what the benefits of gathering together in a faith community are. You, you lengthen your life. You have better relationships. It actually statistically significantly improves the chance of you avoiding depression and suicide, being in a faith community. We're not even, we're not even looking at what Jesus does in you. Just get together with a bunch of people, talk about faith and hope, and your life expectancy is going to increase. So will your relationships, your overall health, there's some great benefits that God has planned for us to get together in a group that shares things about faith and giving each other hope. And I believe that God has even more, more than that planned for us today. I want to know, because you can be a part, why this gathering? Why would we get together in this, this group? We're a Thrive Church. I love what we, I believe God's put it on, on our heart collectively, that we're here to thrive with God, and that conversely allows us to thrive with each other. Right? But I'm sure lots of groups Maybe there's a couple groups, I don't even want to hear about them. They get together and go, we want to make life worse for the collective that we have together. Any group that gets together, they want to be, they want to be better than what they did before. If you're getting together in a, a gym class to do, do they still do Taibo? I don't know, right? 
or spin class, I guess. I've never been in one, but they have spin classes still, right? <laughs> I might be new to working out. Okay, so, but any group you get together, right? Mom's getting together at the library to read. They're doing it for a collective benefit. They're there to support each other. God has a very special plan, not only for the church in general, Big C, but for this church, right? So my hope is that in the next, like, 25 minutes or so, we get there so that we, we have a better understanding, of, of what we're doing here. Or this will be the last sermon ever at Thrive Church. No, that's not going to be it. <laughs> so so um, I just believe that God has some things for us. You want to be able to compare it, right? In, my, in the way that I grew up, and I grew up in a great loving family, and we, we did the best, but I grew up in a denominational church where they actually had days of obligation, meaning the Catholics are, are chuckling in the crowd. They do. They have days of obligation where if you don't go to them, that's bad news. You should probably go to confession for it. Right? They've circled certain days in the calendar where these are days of obligation, and you better come, or there's another mark that God puts on your, whatever, your list. Right? So I wouldn't want to come to a place that says, well, you better come because you're obliged to do it. Because lots of people can have lists. Lots of groups can come together and no, we don't come together to share our lists. Here's the, here's the things we want to do, right? Here's the good and the things that you better do this or you better not do that. Because that's a worldly way of thinking. That's on the surface. You can go to lots of conferences. You can go to lots of places downtown. They have stuff that's, here's a list of things to do. There's nothing wrong with having the list. It's where's your heart in relationship to the list of things to do. How am I going to do it, right? I love the question how. Okay, that's great. How am I going to get there? How am I going to do that list? Because quite frankly, if we're just trying to follow lists, right? God had a bunch of lists he put together. He gave to Moses. He said, here's the list I want you to follow. Do you know the intent of that list was never to have them follow that whole list? And if you look at the Ten Commandments, did they really look that hard? Right? Like, don't cover your neighbor's donkey. Got it. Right? <laughs> don't steal. I think, I could, I think I'm a grown-up. I think I could cover that one. Right? Don't lie. Depending on who you are, it might be tougher, but... Those all seem like kindergarten ones, like, baby, good to each other. Make sure you don't steal the crayon. Like, how hard is this? And yet, it's never given to us to fulfill the list. The list, so there has to be something beyond lists that we're here for. We have to be here be, for other reasons other than, can I add to my list? The meat of the word cannot be, how many more things can I add to my list? Because the thing with lists is you're never going to get them all done. And you're never going to fulfill them. So then this thing called condemnation comes on you. And if I have obligation like I should be doing, you know, Josiah, you should be doing better than this. You're the pastor and you should be doing this and that. And if you're not doing, how can a pastor think that or do those things, right? You're a Christian. How could you be doing? You might have heard those things. might resonate in your ear. Those get in your heart. And if we don't have the right biblical understanding of the reason that we're here and the reason God's called us and how he's equipped us to do things for his church and his people and to communicate him, We'll get into lists, okay? Just very briefly, part of this is my, look, I'm still through the summary. Okay, good. Right, notes. I want to talk to you about what Jesus, so John 1.17 says this, and it's very important. I'm going to quote from John because he's a different, it's a different gospel. There's three, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke come before John, right? I went to Bible college. I should know that. Okay. So they're called the synoptic gospels, meaning they're kind of the same. They kind of tell the same story. John's like way out there, right? John's the uncle that comes out of the Volkswagen van and goes, okay, man, I got a totally different way of looking at this stuff. 
you don't know what a Volkswagen van is or you weren't from the 70s, just kind of nod at me and that's fine. If we get John 1.17, it says, <coughs> For the law, meaning the lists, was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So grace and truth are synonymous with Jesus, right? Truth is not following the right list. Truth is a person. Can we get John 14.6 up? In fact, he says here, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus does not have a self-esteem problem. Jesus is also not a braggart. He just speaks it the way that it is. Right? Now, this really irritated some of the people that he's talking to in, in John 8. Because in John 8, he says this. So I'm just writing this. I'm just going to this. If you go online, we have, we'll have these up. Right? Online on Spotify if you want to go through these and take notes. So you can take notes, but just listen in your heart to what God's talking to you about here. So it says, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So the truth isn't a bunch of lists, it's a person. And the person isn't here to bind you, because what binds you is trying to follow the lists. Because the list, follow, trying to follow the list will only increase sin in your life. So Jesus is setting you free. Now in John 8, if you read from John 8 at the beginning... It's the case with the woman and the issue of adultery. These Pharisees and scribes, they take this woman and they throw her in the, in the midst of where Jesus is teaching. They interrupt his Sunday school lesson. It wasn't Sunday, it was Saturday. But they interrupt his lesson to say, what are you going to do about this? Our list says we should stone her. But your compassion thing probably says we should do something different. We've got you trapped. What should we do? Many people, this week, you found yourself trapped and saying, what should I do? If I go this way, it's trouble. If I go this way, I'm hemmed in. What am I going to do? But God gives us options because the truth is always with you, and the truth will set you free. When you know the truth, when you know who it is who says he, he is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, you know, I always, I always kind of have the picture in my head of um, what happened. You ever seen the Passion of the Christ where there's that slow-mo and all the, all the, the Pharisees, they drop their, their stones and then they go away because Jesus says to them, you, anyone who among you is without sin, you can cast the first stone. Anybody who's followed the list completely, go ahead. And the only one who had followed the list completely says, I don't condemn you. I'm not obliging you to anything. You are now free, right? Because what does he have to communicate with you? Freedom. When you know him, you will be free. And, and they ask him in John 8 later on, because I thought those guys all went away, but they don't. They stick around. The Pharisees are like, okay, we didn't trap you here. Now we're going to ask you a bunch of questions, right? So they have this, this whole context of that thing is they try and trap him, he gets freed. Now they haven't let it go. They haven't let it come in their heart. So they've said, all right, we still have our list. We really like our list. We have our obligation. We have power over the people because we're obliging them to do things. And we don't know the truth. And he's trying to tell them, hey, look, you know me. You'll be set free. So they're, they're like, well, free from what? Like, we've never been. We, <laughs> this, this quote makes me laugh. Because they go, we've never been under bondage. And I just imagine like a Roman soldier going behind them. Because they're under Roman occupation. Right? Right as, as they're talking about it, the Romans are walking around. He says, from sin. Because if you sin, then you're under. If you, anybody who sins is under the power of that sin. Now what Jesus has done is he set us free. And lots of you know the story. Right? You know the story that Jesus died on the cross, he rose from the dead, put away our sins so that we could forever be made righteous. Amen? 
This is still foundation. We're still getting someone. So free to what? Free to? So if I'm free from sin, if I'm not bound to sin, what am I free to do? Not just follow lists, but I have to be free to, for something. Right? 1 John 4.10 says, herein is love. Right? Or in this is love. I did New King James. I think King James says something fancier at the beginning. Not what we, not that we love God. Not that I followed my list and did everything he told me to do. But that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Now this is a fancy word that just says to be the thing that does away with the other thing. To wipe it out. It doesn't just cover it. In the old covenant, they would have lamb's blood. They would cover the mercy seat. Meaning God's going to have mercy on you in your sin. For a season, for a year, this blots it out. It wipes it all out. So God sees you as sinless. Does that mean Chris McDonald never makes mistakes? Mom is just nodding me nice the way a mom does. But of course not. I make mistakes, but I'm not subject to sin. So you're not subject to sin. You're subject to freedom. You're not an obligation here, right? You know, I, we just had a newborn baby. We missed a couple of Sundays because that was the thing we needed to do, right? I think I, I missed one, but Cora's missed them. There's no, oh, my goodness, you need to be here, right? Or somehow God doesn't smile on you. I'm here for freedom. I'm here to contribute. What's the freedom? The freedom to love other people, right? The freedom to get to know what love is and who it is. John 13, 35, Jesus actually says to his disciples, right, by this all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. You're in this room to have love for one another, to get to know one another. And I just think of the, the, even the journeys we've gone through together just as, as people in this congregation over the years or however long we've got to know each other, right? When you're hurting, I'm hurting. When I, ce I celebrate, when you celebrate, it's so great to see people celebrating with us what happened when, uh, you know, Ray is born. And I can think of years back when we had held stillborn twins and had people in this, I would have been crushed, but there were people in this community who phoned up, who had gifts, who said, look, I want to I help you at this time. Don't forget about me. I want to help you. That meant so much to me in those times. We'll never forget this church for the support I had, and I would have I turned into someone lesser. That could have crushed me, but you know what? God used you to love me, and that God's using us to love each other. Right? To be supportive, to say, here, look, I, I see what's in you. I see what God's put in you. God's given me a vision for you. And this is not like you know the list and you should follow it. Right? God has love for you. He's put it on the inside of me. And you can't fail because of it. I'm getting ahead of myself. Amen? Okay, so here's where I want to go with this. Go to Hebrews 10. And then we'll actually get to the meat of what I want to say. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 22 says, let us draw near with a true heart, full, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. So here's what God does. He says, I know you're going to mess up. But your heart is going to be, this, this alludes to it. The book of Hebrews, he knows they have all of these. The context they have is all the traditions, right? So the traditions are only types and shadows of what God actually did. So they would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. And actually Moses sprinkled blood on the people to help purify them, sanctify them before they received the list. Right? So here's, here's the sprinkling. God does it with your conscience. So if, if I screwed up today, I'm like, oh, I can't really go to God. Or how can God use me? Or why would I come to church being around all these people who've been lovely to me? Or how can I go to church when the unlovely one sits next to me and or across from me? 
God sprinkles your conscience so you can see things the way that he sees them. Because he loves you and he wants to... He wants to have his love not only shone in you, but shone through you. And that really only happens when your conscience is clear from not following the list, but following what love does and say, look, I have truth with me. Okay, so I want to keep going here. Uh, Watch with your, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for who, he who promised is faithful. I think we have some more. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. This is kind of the setup before the real meat stuff. Ready? Thank you for staying with me through this whole thing. You're like, that wasn't the sermon? No, I needed you to understand what, what truth is and how it relates to the way the world does things. That here's part of what he says, you know what, you got to exhort one another so much so. Right? When you come to church, when you come to this building, when you phone me up on the, and during the week and say, hey, I was thinking of you. When I get a text to say, hey, that situation you're going through, I want to just be a blessing to you. I've been praying for you too. We're joined into this together. You're exhorting one another. We're helping each other know who love is. We're here to call to love each other. What other group doesn't want to get together you know, during the week and say, hey, we kind of like each other. You don't go to a, a reading club to get in a fist fight. That's not what, it, maybe there's Fight Club somewhere. I don't know if that's, you ever seen that movie? Me neither, because that's bad. So, <laughs> there's my list. Don't watch a bad movie. That's not right. So, <laughs> I wasn't in my notes. Okay. So, but, but God has us getting together in order to love one, one another in the truth. The truth isn't a set of lists. It's who Jesus is. You know Jesus in a way that only you know Jesus, and I want to get to know you and in order, and, and Jesus wants to show me who he is more through you. It's like a many-faceted diamond. You put it up in the, the light, and there's lots of different aspects to it. He ne- I need to see Jesus through you. There's a quote that, do uh, you remember who C.S. Lewis is? He's an author. He had Lion, Witch, and a Wardrobe, if you've ever seen it. Just nod at me if you haven't. That's fine. <laughs> he said, look, when his friend passed away, uh, J.R. Tolkien, who did Lord of the Rings, they all got together on, like, weekdays, and they would meet and they would kind of discuss what the discuss what their stories were. He said, now that my friend is gone, I don't have more of my other friend. I think Christopher was his name, ironically. He said, I don't have more of my other friend. I actually have less of him because when Tolkien's there, there's a part of my friend Chris that I'll get to see that I don't see unless Tolkien's in the room. There's a part of Jesus I get to see when you're in the room. When when you're here, when you're coming up, when you give me a like, okay, you know, someone's went and hugged Cora and congratulated her. But if, un, until you do it, I haven't seen Jesus' love in that way through you, the way that he's called you to do it. And that one little isolated piece. When God puts something on your heart, you know, ah, you know, everybody's texting Chris, congratulations, as an example. But coming from you, the way that you phrased it at the timing that you've had, through your context and who you are, he's channeled you to empower each person to be jointly fit together to supply something at that time. Okay, now that we've done this setup, here's what I really want to get to. You're here to love each other. Great, right? The kindergarten classes are together to love each other. They start it up and they go, we're going to be kind to each other. My, <laughs> my son knows what forgiveness is. We were talking, we were talking and, and my son goes, hey, please forgive them. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Could you please, this, he's three and a half, he goes, could you please forgive them? And his mom and I were, were just brought to attention because we were reminded, that's right. We forgive them 
we're not going to talk about that anymore. As, as the faith of a child, right? That he's growing up in the admonition of the Lord because he's, he's getting to know not a bunch of lists, right? Forgiveness isn't a list to him. It's this active part of knowing who Jesus is. He says to me, like, God told me that. And I, I don't, I just want to, I believe that he, he does. I want him to hear the voice of God. We don't need more lists. We need people who are around to say, hey, I was just thinking of you, and God gave me a scripture for you. And I don't know what that means to you, but God does. Amen? With the time we have left, I want to go to the last, third last scripture. <laughs> There's a lot of scripture here today, but I wanted to get to someplace. Because this is important to me. You are important to me and my family. Even if we have just met a couple weeks ago, you're important to me and my family because God's put you here on assignment. We, we get here and we serve and we've, many of you have served alongside us for years. And you go, okay, God, where's the, the, where's the fruit? Maybe we look at each other and go, this should be filled. This place should be filled. I'm not going to look at the surface because God's building something in each of us for what's coming in the future. For what we're doing now is preparing us for what he's got coming. So how we treat our right now is him preparing us for what's coming in the future. That's, oh, that's nice, Chris. That's pie in the sky. You're supposed to say that. You get the microphone. If I didn't believe it was true, I wouldn't be standing here with you. Me and my family have been too invested in this to think of something different or just to get by. There has to be a bigger reason. And here's what I'm, I'm really wanting to get to you today, and thank you for your patience. But speaking the truth in love, everybody say in love. Because you can speak the truth to people, and that sometimes can sound like you didn't follow the list, right? Right? I got, my sister growing up, she would stand outside, three-year-old Karen would say, did you wash your hands? Now, that's the truth. Like, no, I didn't wash my hands. I'm five years old or whatever it was, six or seven. I didn't wash my hands. That's the truth. And come across like condemnation. Here's something else to add to your, your obligations you have. But the truth in love is really this, this moving, kinetic understanding of who Jesus is. We'll spend thousands of years not knowing exactly who Jesus is completely. He'll have wonders he'll be able to share with us through eternity. May grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, you can keep going, and I want you to come back if you can, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect working by which every part does it share. Okay, let's go back for a second. Causes growth of the body. Okay, now go back to the first one. Because there's a lot of a lot going on there. Like, wait, how does the body show up? The Bible talks about us together being a body. And not one part can say to the other, if you're in notes or you're listening to Spotify later, it's 1 Corinthians 12 talks about, even more specifically, about how each piece of the body is joined together, right? And those pieces that are hidden are actually more precious than those that are shown. Right? Just because someone has a microphone and they're talking to you or they get up here and they get to sing a worship song does not make them better than the other person in, in the congregation. In fact, Jesus calls it more precious for those people who are supportive, who come here and do setup and don't get talked about, who work in the kids' ministry, who phone up and, and say, hey, look, I, I was just thinking of you this week. I've just been praying for you for the last half hour. I had a spare half hour. I was praying for you. Here's what God said to me. Because the truth will set you free in that situation. We're here to help each other grow, knowing the truth, who that is, in love. I would submit to you there's not a plan B. People love to grow. You might hear obligation in this, but don't. The invitation is for us to grow together. I can't grow without you. 
the same way. Without what you're doing and invested here in this community, I'm not going to grow unless I contribute what God has me doing in his grace. Right? Because we're being supplied. You might hear demand. Oh, i got to supply something. Sounds like an offering message. You're just trying to get money out of me. No. If I see God as my supply, and money can just be an example, then it's not a problem for me to be able to contribute where he's called me to contribute and to supply and grow. God's called us to be together as a church, not to thrive. That's not just a word. But this is where you grow in him. You will be saved, but unless you're attached to a community as God's called you, and if you look on our web, I think it's on the website, right, Psalm 92.10, right, where those planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. Did I get the reference right? Okay. You're flir- that's not just a nice thing to put above your door. That's what God has intended for us here. You're going to thrive in the truth. You're going to thrive in love when you're contributing what he's called you to contribute. Those people who've, who've either left the community or you feel like, ah, man, they haven't been here for a while, that's not obligation. That's like, I see this in you, and God's called us to be together, to grow together, so I can see things that are developing. One of the, the I think it was the first or second year that I knew Josiah. He was just a, uh, 18, he was 18 or 19 when I met you, right? And I got, got to really see the hand of God in his life, and especially on a trip, remember Nova Scotia, we went to, I might have even shared this with you before. We went to a young offender center, and they had tapped Josiah to speak to this group. And I was in my 30s, and I didn't want to speak to this group. There was, you could tell, have you ever walked in a group, and as a teacher, you kind of get trained to say, okay, who are the ringleaders? There was no question who the ringleader was. It was like cartoonish. This big guy was the big dog, and he sat down, and all the other ones kind of like followed him together. Now, it was young offenders, but this dude was <laughs> a grown man. I don't know what he was taking, but somehow they got it to him still in prison because this dude was jacked, and he was big. And Josiah was sharing some things about his own life and some of the pains in his life. And, and out of the front row, this dude goes, oh, poor baby. And in that instant, because of what God put on the inside of him, Josiah was just obliged to share something. He wasn't obliged to touch that guy's life. He simply turned it around because love has been a part of who Josiah is. He assumes the best of every person. So out of Josiah instantly comes, I know, right? And it switched him around. I know, right? That was terrible. And he went on and, uh, and the guy, you could see it in the guy, he respected Josiah. By the, end of what, by the end of what Josiah was sharing there, that guy came up to him, told him his whole story. Wasn't he like a pastor's kid or he'd grown up in, in something like, he'd grown up in that environment where he, he was called to church and he was called to be a part. And the love of God through Josiah brought him back in the fold. He could have stood there and go, how could you do that? You're not, that guy knows lists. He's in there because he's broken the list. Right? He's familiar with lists. The world is familiar with the lists that they've broken. Everybody knows that they've fallen short of the glory of God. How many people get to see the love of God through the people next to them? He was brought back. That day, that guy started talking about, man, i gotta get, I got to get back on. He went from like, oh, poor baby, and trying to make fun of him to like, what you're saying is true, and I need to, I need to know that. Right? How wonderful it is to see what, what God is doing. And God has given us a great gift in, in Pastor Josiah, right, to be able to speak through us. I'm going to tell you a little bit. I, don't, I haven't asked if I could share this, but I'm just going ahead anyway. Because your dad talked to me. Remember that, that launch day we had? He talked to me and he said, I said, have you seen this on Josiah? Have you, he said from the time he was a little kid, like five years old, he would line up his stuffies and preach to them. 
Because God had put that in his heart. That's how God had shaped him to love people. Amen? So God has put something in your heart to shape where you're from. And he wants to speak to you about the right way of doing things because God wants to get in a relationship with you and talk to you about how he's made you, about his purpose for you, about his plan for you, and how that power is going to manifest out of that plan and his purpose and the provision that he has for you. Amen? I have one more scripture. Can I just go to the last one, Matthew 6, 32-33? This may feel like class. This may feel like, I just have a list of scriptures he read. Was this a sermon? I forget. I believe God wants to talk to us through this. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows these things. You know, you come here probably in some respect because you have a problem. And I want to solve that problem. I come to God in prayer a lot of times because I have a problem. Now, the world has a way of seeing things and trying to solve the problem. They seek after, hey, I need a shirt. I need some food. I need shelter. What can I do to make that stuff work? God has another way of doing things that we get to share with the world about his righteousness that he's given us through love. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not our own righteousness, not righteousness, not following lists, but the righteousness God gave us when he rose Jesus from the dead. Amen? And all these things will be added unto you. Please stand with me here today. God wants to show us more and more who he is so that we can continue to be blessings to each other. Amen? Not because you're obliged. Jesus prayed before he went to the cross. Not because he, he, I think mostly so we could hear it. In John 17, he says, I pray that they may be one as you and I are one. We're joined together, but yet he keeps us the most individual by being together. He'll show you who you are by being part of his body, by being jointly knit together, saying, God, you've just put this on my heart to supply it. Right? Oh, I haven't supplied as much as Pat McDonald has, or I haven't done as much as Carolyn has. You're not to compare yourself. You're just to go, God, what have you put on my heart to contribute here? You have growth planned here for me. You have truth that you want to show me through the rest of these people. You have love that I need to learn by being here together. It's overused family. Right? You hear businesses go like, we're a family business. Right? We, here at Amazon, we're family. Really? That's a lot of family. There's probably a couple people at the kiddies' table. That, anyway. But God has us put together to be joined here, knit together. And people will come and go. And they're allowed. They're not obliged. You're not, you don't have to be here. But God prayed, I pray that they would be one. And then they would, they would know that you love them as much as you love me. Well, it would have to be. He gave Jesus for us. Amen? That alone, you could sit with for a week. God loves me that much that he gave his son for me. That he wants that righteousness to show up in my life. I just, I know that there are things that we're struggling with. And there's condemnation that wants to come on us. And I want to pray for you today. You can close your eyes or you can keep them open. You know, it says, watch and pray. So I'm okay if you watch when you're praying. Amen. Keep your head on a swivel. That's good too. But that God would show us, not just our part, not just our list of things to do, but how he's made us to show his love to people in this 
this church family and to the other people in our life that he's called us to reach. It seems very simple. And how we're going to do that, we're going to seek and just say, no, you're righteous. To go to the people in this church to say, hey, that's, you're this. You're his righteousness. This is who you are. Man, I'm really struggling this week. I don't know if God's going to pay my bills. No, God has made you a joint heir with Christ Jesus. This is who you are. And I'm really hurting in my body. God has healed you. It's the children's bread is healing. This is who you are. You are part of Christ's body, and he misses nothing. You are to be without. You are to be without nothing that you would need for his purpose. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness towards us. I thank you for your goodness to us at this time. That you have shown us truth. You've shown us Jesus and the grace that you've given us to operate as a church family, to be prepared for the growth that you've given us. What's healthy grows. We speak health over this church family as a unit and as individuals and the families that are here that you would continue to increase our understanding of who you are in us, how you are working out your power through us, and Lord, how you are supplying continually in areas that we may not even go beyond our understanding, Lord. Assault our understanding with your goodness. We receive it today in Jesus' name.